is up, everybody? This is Keith Jameson. I have a Gator Guy 231 across the Duke Street. We have a three-game EPL slate this Saturday. Hope you all had a great midweek. We had tons of EPL action. All the teams were in play because it's December, and, you know, there's just a ton of EPL. They, they squeeze in way too many games for winter break for these players. So what that means for us as DFS players is we got to stay on top of lineups because – when you get this fixture congestion, you get three games in seven, eight days. You know, guys are going to rotate, not start, have to understand who's going to step up, who's going to take over those roles. Hopefully I can get you some of that information here. Um, just a quick reminder before I get into the picks, into the odds and some strategies, um, make sure you like, subscribe, comment on this video and to the Mayo Media Network, all the fantastic content that the team has, NHL, NFL, golf, like you name it, Pat and the team have it. You know, I'm so thankful for that. Soccer gets a small little share of that as well. If you want to find more of my content, including like during these weeks, um, you know, some analysis from me on the midweek slates, check me out um, at GatorGuy231 on Twitter um, or subscribe to the FSI DFS YouTube page um, where you can uh, get a feed of all of that. All right. Let's get into the games. Let's start with odds. Um, biggest favorite in the slate, minus 250 away is Liverpool, two Wolves. That is our only three total. We got Newcastle in a must, must, must win at home, plus 130 to Burnley, two and a half total. And Southampton hosting Brighton. That is a very much a pick em game. Southampton, slight favorite, plus 145, two and a half total. So let's start at the top, which Feels like we always do when it's a Liverpool slate with Trent Alexander-Arnold at 9,000. Um, once again, in a cash optimal build. That's what we're going to be discussing here. We're, we're trying to operate in a world where goals, you know, aren't really happening or, you know, we, we will go ahead and just accept that goals are hard to predict, right? Like, I'd love to just plug in Mo Salah, but that 12,000, that is very much hurting your lineup. Trent Alexander-Arnold at 9,000, however, can get a goal's worth of points without a goal, without an assist, is live for clean sheet equity. And realistically, if the game script hits, let's say that, that Wolves score, score first, or it's the 60th minute and Liverpool still, still hasn't scored, that is actually promoting more DraftKings points for Trent Alexander-Arnold as he's forcing balls into the box via the cross. You know, he's getting free kicks, getting corners, everything you want out of a DFS floor player. Trinaldo's Aaron Arnold uh, epitomizes. So 9,000 Trinaldo's Aaron Arnold, sign me up. 8,800 Pascal Gross. I'm going to assume that midweek that that was rotation because even after the injury, um, it was actually Sully March that came in and not Pascal Gross. He just flat out did, did not play. Um, you know, Pascal Gross is getting up there in age. I'm assuming that Potter just rested him midweek knowing the fixture congestion. But if in at 8,800, I think he is one of the best floor forwards on the slate. Um, I think, you know, like so many weeks in the EPL, forward is a lot of times, you know, where you just really got to like pry out floors. I think forward on this slate is actually quite good. But Pascal Gross is one of those guys that when he's in, you know he's going to get a monopoly set pieces. And you know that realistically he's right around 10 DK and has penalty kicked upside. So 8,800, Pascal Gross, away to Southampton, pretty neutral game. Um, yes, I'm very much for it if I can get there. Okay. 
A reason I might not be able to get there is I think Sadio Mane at 8,200 is just a really good play. A great way to get access to more Liverpool, right? Because this is the only three total. This is, you know, three times the favorite of any other team on the slate. We're still talking about a minus 250 favorite on a team on a slate that the next best favorite is plus 140, right? So getting access to Liverpool is big. Sadio Mane at 8,200 is actually a little underpriced if you just look at like his historical averages, right? Like I try to do my best to just X out recent form, especially when it's a player that is going to be more reliant on, you know, a decisive action. Go from a so rare term for those that have played that game, but a goal or assist. Sadio Mane, you know, has a floor of 6 to 7DK. Like that's not great for 8,200, but we're playing Mane for a little bit of floor plus the upside. If it's just pure floor, right, and odds didn't matter, and we go back to what I said and you truly take out goals or assists, then Pascal goes to the play. But if you want to still go, you know, hey, it's a three total. Wolves can be leaky. They're going to at least give out shots. I think Liverpool is going to score. Liverpool right now is one of the top five teams in the world and is absolutely banging on. Then, then I think that Sadio Mane um, is almost too good to pass up at 8,200. Uh, next on the list, James Ward-Prowse, 7,700. James Ward-Prowse was quite the enigma this past weekend or this past week for those of us that played. Look, James Ward-Prowse is like a DFS darling, is one of those guys that, you know, anytime he's right around like 8,500 or under and he's not playing City or Liverpool or Chelsea, it's just an, like an autoplay, right? You don't even really think twice on it. You click the button, you put them in your lineups, if no goal or assist happens, you get your 10 to 12 DK. If a goal or assist happens, you get your 20. And you're like, man, playing James Ward-Prowse is so fun. And then this weekend, it comes up that, you know, in like the 75th minute, dude, that doesn't even have a cross. This is a guy that averages like eight, nine crosses. You're like, what's going on? You look down at the box score and see that Nathan Taya has actually taken the first corner. You're like, excuse me? I'm playing James Ward-Prowse for the Monopoly. He hasn't given up a set piece and it feels like a year. What the heck is going on here? And he takes one set piece for the end of the game. Again, try to not be overreactive. or like this, I should say I'm trying not to be overreactive to one event, right? One game that we saw something. Yeah, it's a little concerning he gave up a corner, but we look at the long-term average for James Ward-Prowse, right? For those of us that have been playing EPL for a while, the last two and a half to three years of James Ward-Prowse as a full-time starter with his role, it's been nothing but dynamite. At 7,700, as a slight home favorite to Brighton, I think it's just something that in a cash and an optimal game, you just go right back to it. And if we get screwed again, well, now we need to look a little bit more under the hood, figure out what's going on here. Maybe it's not quite the play that we want to. Because, look, if James Ward-Prowse doesn't have set pieces, okay, he all of a sudden becomes very much like the players that I hate to target, right? The central line midfielders that are going to struggle to have open play value because of where they sit, right? Middle of the field, you don't cross the ball up over the defenders, right? That doesn't even count as a cross. It has to come from the wide position. So all the actions that they're doing, you're relying on tackles, fouls drawn, and shots, which at 7,700, if you're not going to get the crosses and the shots assisted from the crosses, makes them overpriced. All that said, he's right back in my lineup. I, I'm, I'm not going to change you know, what I've done for years. So James Ward-Prowse right into the lineup. Andrew Robertson, 6,600. I will just note there's a very, very good shot. This could become Costas Tismikas at 6,300, which would be nice, save us a couple hundred bucks. But 
either one, whether it's Robertson or Tismikas, shares set pieces with Trent Alexander-Arnold, is in a very positive position on a team that loves to bomb forward with their fullbacks, cross the ball a ton, generate set pieces, and you even get a nice $2,700 discount off of, uh, if it's Tismikas, off of Roberts, I'm sorry, Trent Alexander-Arnold. If it's Robertson, you get a $2,400 discount. I think from a cash perspective, they are both awesome plays, likely going to be, you know, second or third club in my lineups, all dependent on how it all shakes out. Um, but again, another way to get Liverpool. So you can very well just have like a Mane, Alexander Arnold, and then one of the fullbacks. You've got three Liverpool. That is probably close to being enough in cash type of games. Um, and then filling out floors from there. Um, Matt Ritchie, 5,900, is the next player I want to mention, fresh off of his suspension. Um, Matt Ritchie comes back. Look, Matt Ritchie is very much like the Liverpool fullbacks, right? Bombs forward. He's not there for defense. He's there for offense and for attacking. Um, now, the interesting thing for Richie is, will he have the set piece role with new manager Eddie Howe? He's only played the one game for them versus Arsenal. Didn't have a set piece. It was Ryan Frazier, who is, we'll talk about in a minute, but that is Eddie Howe's boy. So Matt Ritchie, you need to kind of zoom out and go, okay, if he doesn't have set pieces, okay, is he still going to be good? And I think that a lot will depend on formation. Um, if he is playing as a wing back, so if it's a back three, three center backs, it gives him a lot more freedom to bomb four. If it's a back four and he is a fullback in line that has more defensive responsibilities, I think it becomes a little shakier um, where I just go, you know, at that point, let me make sure I just find a couple hundred bucks and I go up to one of the Liverpool fullbacks or I go down to Tyreek Lamptey, who we'll talk about here shortly, and save the money. I think that that's where I sit with Matt Ritchie. It's going to be lineup dependent. Um, and then I'll just say this. If for some reason that Ryan Frazier doesn't start, and it's Matt Ritchie. Well, now I feel really good about the set piece role. I love Newcastle here. I mentioned at the start, Newcastle is in a must, must, must win game, okay, at home. Like, if they don't win this game, they are strongly looking like relegation is a real, real thing, which at their budget, that's just not something that can happen. Like, the owners, you know, the richest, I think they're actually, at this point now the richest football owners in the world like they're way above man city's owners right they don't want to be in the championship they didn't buy a storied epl club to be in the championship so they've got to get moving there's going to be some changes coming in january but they've got to get points at home versus burnley this is a place that three points has to be a must um so i really expect that the liver that the newcastle pieces will be very much attacking especially early trying to get a goal early on and then they can adjust from there. So that, all that being said, Matt Ritchie, very much in play. Definitely um, close to probably a core play if you did not see Ryan Frazier. If not in, I'm sorry, if Rick Frazier's in, look at the lineup, see where Ritchie lines up, adjust from there. Next play, the aforementioned Ryan Frazier. So I just mentioned Eddie Howe, new manager at Newcastle. Eddie Howe brought Ryan Frazier to Bournemouth, thrust him into this just crucial crucial role like where we can still remember a game that ryan frazier had like 23 crosses right eddie howe is a ryan frazier fan probably rosters him in dfs on the daily and just lets ryan frazier do what frazier does best which is attack the byline across the ball in the box take set pieces just be super attacking 
and just kind of a nuisance. Like if you watch Ryan Frazier play, like when Ryan Frazier's best, the dude's just running, taking guys on. It's actually like the DFS role that we love to have up out of players. And from a wide position, 5,400 to me is just a lock and load. He burned us like hell this midweek. Really wasn't his fault. You can blame Sharon Clark for that, for getting the red card in like the eighth minute. And then Ryan Frazier was the sub. I think that game is completely different without the red card. I think Newcastle actually takes it to um, Norwich. So Ryan Frazier, 5,400. To me, he's a lock and load if in, and I'm not worried. If anything, I'm actually, even though I burned my bankroll, I'm thankful for the bad game because it's going to take some ownership off. So Ryan Frazier, 5,400, huge fan of Tyreek Lamptey, another one of my favorite guys in DFS, you know, very much like a Ryan Frazier um, and the fact that he just takes guys on, runs, just a nuisance to deal with. Um, you know, he's a former Chelsea player at Brighton, plays the right wingback role, 5.2 um, on DK. It's just, honestly, it's getting a little bit low for Lamptey's upside. Um, since returning from injury, he has 11.9 last week and included an assist in 20 minutes, 60.2 DK, 9.3 DK, and 8.3 DK, 5,200. That's a fantastic floor. So I'm a huge fan of Lamptey. Nathan Taya is the punt forward option this week. As I mentioned in the James Ward-Prowse part, Nathan Taya actually took a corner over James Ward-Prowse. So if you play both of them, you probably have the Southampton corners for whatever that is worth, right? They are a slight home favorite, so it's not bad. But Nathan Taya is also just a good player. A Southampton Academy product, come up through the ranks. When you actually watch him, um, you can definitely see the skill there. Somebody that, you know, if you read the Southampton little, like, blogs, a player that they're very, very, very excited about, trying to get him first team run now, 4,700. Look, he's not a guaranteed starter by any means, but, um, you know, hopefully he's showed enough this weekend to get it because at 4.7, that really makes a lot of lineup things work if we get him. Finally, 4,300, Jacob Motter, 11.9 and 11.2 DK in the last two games for Brighton. Much like Ryan Frazier is Eddie Howe's boy, it seems like Jacob Motter is one of Graham Potter's guys. Um, he's really trying to get him incorporated into the lineup. One of the guys he brought in um, last week, or sorry, midweek, without Pascal Gross and Jacob Motter took a monopoly of set pieces. We thought that would be Trossard, but actually ended up being Motter. Um, and it's just a second straight double-digit um, DK games. The other game actually was without set pieces. Uh, Pascal Gross took it, but Jacob Motter played a more advanced role and still was able to get 11.2 DK. So I just think if he's in... You know, he's a Polish international, gets a lot of games, um, gets games there. I think he's just a good player. And at 4. What is it, 4.3 DK, it's just probably a little underpriced. I expect him to be pretty popular as the value midfielder of the slate. Um, if Gross is in, he actually might be a really good pivot off some chalk into GPPs just because that role gets minimized. You got to do a lot more in terms of offensive stats because he will still be central. There's no way he doesn't play the wide position, so he'll stay central. Um, most likely, which, you know, like I just mentioned with James Ward Prowse, if you take away set pieces from a guy, he sits more defensive. You're looking at tackles, fouls drawn, um, you know, shots to get there. You don't really have the crosses as you're out anymore. All right, that'll do it. 10 picks should be a lot in there to build your lineups around. I hope you all have a great weekend of DFS. Um, once again, just a reminder to like, subscribe, and comment to this video on the Made Media Network. And if you're looking for more of my content, Check me out at GatorGuy231 on Twitter. All right, that'll do it. Thank you guys so much. Good luck tomorrow. With that, I'll say, see you.